Hello, welcome to or welcome back to the MR Running Pains podcast. This is episode number 83 with my special guest, Mercedes Siegel Gaither. And I am so happy to welcome her to the podcast. I've gotten to know Mercedes um, over the past few months here since uh, almost, well, not quite the start of this year, but uh, Mercedes has come such a long way and I am excited. She had a phenomenal race at uh, the Lake Sonoma 50 miler. Uh, Most of you will know that race from out in California. It's a spectacular race. Uh, Mercedes, I will not ruin it, but she had an outstanding finish out there. Uh, We get to talk about her and her race and um, everything in the process. It's been fun getting to know and train Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes uh, came to me for coaching. Her boyfriend is Morgan Elliott, who I had been coaching um, uh, for a few months prior to her coming on board. So I really enjoyed getting to watch her growth and see the success at this event. It was phenomenal. Uh, Mercedes was also part of my crew at Hard Rock. Uh, so I got to have uh, the pleasure of getting to know her even better in person out there at Hard Rock, which obviously, as you've heard, my podcast was a very emotional finish for me. So I am glad she was a part of that. And then, uh, also, we had the great time of spending the day together while Morgan was racing up at the Ragged Mountain 50K in New Hampshire. Uh, real fun day out there. So uh, it's a pleasure to have her on the podcast. Really enjoyed this interview. We did have some technical difficulties. I am switching platforms due to those technical difficulties. So my apologies if uh, we have some some static and uh, bad connection here. We did switch over to a different platform uh, in the midst of recording, so um, please forgive my uh, my crude <laughs> editing. Uh, but um, I really appreciate Mercedes for her patience and uh, and getting through this interview with me because it was trying with the technology. So uh, my apologies for that again. But again, hopefully that is going to be resolved. Uh, changing uh, recording platforms going forward. So. Um, Without the rest um, of my excuses, here is Mercedes. Hello, Mercedes. How are Hello. you? I'm doing well. How about you? It's just delightful. It's wonderful to see you. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's good to be able to see you. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, we have quite the the story to go through with Mercedes, but um, Mercedes, why don't you start by just introducing yourself? Who are you? Uh, what do you do? All that good stuff. Yeah, um, I'm Mercedes Siegel Gaither. I'm 29 and I'm a forester with the Colorado State Forest Service out in Colorado. So I moved to Salida about 7,000 feet in elevation in March and I like running a lot. So yeah, I've been kind of just going with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, when did you start your your running passion? Oh boy. Well, so in high school, I decided I was going to do cross country, and I ran five miles, and I was like, "That's awful. I'm never going to do that again. Why would anyone do that to themselves?" <laughs> so yeah, I didn't really run that much. I did some soccer in high school but then in undergrad I actually studied abroad in Newcastle Australia and I was about a mile from the beach I'm like well I have to get to the beach every day how am I going to do this I hate biking I don't have a bike I don't have a car so I just kind of picked up running which I just remember in undergrad you know like every other freshman was on the little elliptical machine and there was an indoor track and there were these two twins and they would run for like 45 minutes I'm like mind blown by them. I'm like, I wish I could be like them someday. And so, I don't know, I I picked it up in Australia and being able to go hop in the ocean and run to the the eucalyptus forest every day was awesome. And there were sea cliffs and I realized I was seeing so much and meeting so many more people than all of my roommates. So it kind of just expanded from there. Right on. Where did you go up? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And uh, we have quite the uh, entourage that, that hails from Wisconsin on the trail and ultra scene. Um, some of them being one of, well, one specifically being one of your heroes. Who would that be? Wait, Courtney's not from Wisconsin. She's from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. I'm sorry. Uh, they're they're kind of the same. No, I don't want to do that to everybody. <laughs> There's, you know, I, I'll get a bunch of dislikes on the uh, the podcast because of that. So my bad. I was thinking <laughs> that she was from uh, Wisconsin, but that's right. Um, but anyway, 
Um, that no. And so didn't work out in college, but uh, not in college, didn't work out in high school, but it, you got into it kind of collegiately and, and not running for college, but just running in college for yourself um, and d- abroad, no less. And you continue to go abroad because you told me stories about uh, where you just were, which was what island were you on again? <laughs> so St. Croix is in the Virgin Islands, which technically is a U.S. territory. So it's, it's kind of not abroad but everyone thinks it is <laughs> so it's kind of fun because it's also way down there it's it's by puerto rico and it's really close to the equator i forgot about that planning our vacation there in august <laughs> so it actually worked out really well it was awesome heat training for sonoma not realizing how hot sonoma was gonna be <laughs> <laughs> that is surprising um but um so um let's kind of complete the journey here. So you start running in Australia. What got you into racing? Oh gosh, I don't know. I read Born to Run, like everyone else. I have a tattooed on my foot. I also met Barefoot Ted. side note the other day. We went into this um, little thrift shop in Leadville. It's a really great place. The guy who runs it has, he does burrow racing. And so I walk in there and we're looking at Luna sandals and Barefoot Ted was there for the Leadville 100 and he touched my foot and he helped me put the the shoes on and fit them. So (laughs) that's super cool. Um, Complete distraction though. Um, was I talking about? Oh yeah, racing. So <laughs> racing. <laughs> I did my first marathon, which was a trail marathon, and I didn't realize there was a difference, which makes a lot of sense after you do it. Uh, but then that kind of stemmed into I just loved how beautiful it was, and I just I kind of started doing road marathons after because I wanted to use it as an excuse to see new places. So I was trying to kind of do. A marathon in every state but I was also kind of doing ultras I started doing 50k shortly after so I was using it as like a little go-between but <laughs> I realized road marathons are awful because you have to run really fast and it's hot and it's just a lot of pavement in cities which cities are great <laughs> you know but yeah I realized trails were more for me right on did you start uh what was your progression to the marathon I don't suspect your first race with a marathon, or at least I hope it wasn't. <laughs> well, maybe, um, maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I did 13 miles just for fun while I was in Australia, and I was like, cool, I did a half marathon, what's next? So I kind of mm. jumped up to that. I think like freshman, sophomore year, I did some 5K color runs, okay. which were probably pretty embarrassing now that I think about it. But they were fun. So I think, yeah, yeah, my first one was a trail marathon in Wisconsin. It was super okay. fun. And I think nice. I got lost a little bit. <laughs> um, so I I ran over 26 miles, and I got a ride back to the start. So they still gave me a medal, but they didn't qualify me for awards. So I was like, well, gotcha. I ran almost 30 miles. I might as well try a 50K now. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your first 50K? It was the North Face Endurance Run in Wisconsin, and it was beautiful. It's in kind of the the kettle areas in Wisconsin where it's really bluffy and green, and I wish they still did those races. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, mine, I raced the North Face New York, which is where I grew up, and that was a, you know, it really brought me on some of the trails that I grew up on, so that was really cool, and some of the trails I'd never seen before, too, so I do miss those as well. Yeah, and I'm sure, uh, sure many people miss that. Uh, San Francisco, the, the Bay Area. Um, that that was, I'm, like, I wish I had the chance to have done that one before they closed it. But Yeah, we were just there. It was beautiful. I would have loved to do that. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring it back. Yeah, I hope so. They had talks of doing something, but who knows. Um, so, uh, you you ran your 50K, and um, you're you kept progressing, right? You went beyond 50K, right? You had a, a 50 miler in there somewhere before like- Yeah, I did like 750 to 55Ks. I did my first 50K at elevation. I got my butt kicked in California. It was the Harding Hustle. First 15 miles are like up a mountain, which I didn't realize elevation was a thing. 
So by the time I got down, my hips were shot and hikers were passing me. And I, I called my mom and I was crying a little bit. Oh. But, but yeah, after that, I realized you need to train. So yeah, I, I hopped into the North Face 50 miler in Wisconsin while they were still doing that. And my goal is just to finish. And my buddy who paced me was like, you did really well. I got top 10 female. And so I didn't see that coming. And so a year later, I did my first 100K, which was the American Berkey. I think most people know it as a, a Nordic ski race. Thousands of people come from all over the world. Right. But yeah. I did the trail run. And normally it's single track, super fun. But because of COVID, they put it on the ski trail. So it was just like constant undulating grassy terrain that was just oh, a little man. bit too long to be fun yeah. to run on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that went really well. Only like 40 people showed up and I won. So <laughs> COVID worked in my favor for that. <laughs> and you trained for those though? Uh, and, and by training for those, what did that entail? Just running whenever I had free time. Did you so even have was... like a, a plan? Not really. No. Tried to do long <laughs> runs when I had some free time. Try to do core. That was, that was pretty much it. But it helped okay. because at the time, I was a park ranger and I did some wildlife biology, so I always was hiking around the mountains in Colorado. So even if I wasn't running, I still kind of got that, that aerobic training in and working that altitude was huge because I spent four weeks in Leadville hiking anywhere from five to 10 miles a day. So that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I set my first half marathon PR and I can't beat it. <laughs> so that's one of my sneaky goals. Right on. Um, you have a very adventurous spirit. You are constantly traveling, going out, running. Um, if you were to say, you know, to especially the females that, that listen, you know, what makes you feel so secure? Or is there just no inhibition? Do you feel any uh, worries when you go out and run? Is there anything? Because a, a lot of times we hear that, you know, from, you know, the, especially the female population, that they're worried for their safety to going out on the trails. Um, is there something that made you feel more comfortable? Uh, or is it just you grew up in that environment? What would you say? I think it's definitely a combination. I mean, being from Wisconsin, I kind of learned to think the best of people. We kind of have that Midwestern friendliness they call it more or less um, but other than that I mean being a park ranger kind of helped I realized that it's not generally the animals that are an issue the animals are going to leave you alone if you leave them alone so I mean if anything happened I'm like oh I went out with a bang like a, a cougar got me or something you know it'd be a, a good story yes. <laughs> um, maybe I hope that I would survive it um, but I don't know other than that like not a lot of people run where I run, so that helps. And, like, if someone's going to steal someone, they're probably not going to go up in the mountains. And I'd like to think I could just run away off trail and they couldn't catch me. But, I mean, it's constantly kind of in the back of my head. I'm always thinking, like, what if? Like, being prepared and just being aware of your surroundings. And then when I did study abroad, you go over the basics. Like, don't look like a tourist. Don't like put yourself in uncomfortable situations. So I think all those things over time kind of helped me out and I've ha been having good experiences. So hopefully I can continue down that path. Nice, that's, that's great. Absolutely. Um, is there um, any advice that you would give to, you know, perhaps a, anyone that, you know, and it doesn't have to be females, it can be everybody that have that kind of fear to, to go out on the trail? Um, your your recommendation about wildlife because that is that's a big concern for many people is they're worried about the wildlife but you know for for safety reasons like you know anything you can say like anything you think of that planning might help yeah i mean definitely especially if you're just getting into trail running and you're just learning an area kind of look for the local look for local running communities and groups or find some girls to grow, go out with even I just learned about Trail Sisters. Gina is kind of the founder of it, and she's 
right down the road in Buena Vista and so we kind of got to talk to her and hear her story and it sounds like an awesome way I think that I was looking for ambassadors to start new groups in the areas so you know if there's not something existing in your community maybe you can take some initiative and, and start that just reach out to other people and then we're super lucky that we have a run group in Salida that meets Mondays and Wednesdays and it's a super great group we wait for each other at the tops of the hills and we go run up this 500 foot s every week and so it kind of gets you out there meeting new people and then you know once you meet that community you don't have to go to the run groups maybe you can reach out to them and go on your long runs together and kind of at least use that to get to know the trails in the area and the people kind of that sense of community is a huge bonus too yes absolutely thank you and back to uh kind of your your racing um i didn't get to meet you but i got to learn <laughs> that you existed <laughs> at uh the, the bandera 50k because morgan was racing the 100k um and to complete that story uh, so people understand where we're coming from morgan elliott who um i coach both morgan and mercedes um <laughs> they are a couple and I started training Morgan right before Bandera. And then he was telling me his girlfriend's going to run the 50K. So that's where I learned of Mercedes. But how did that go for you? How did Bandera go? I have to redeem myself. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> so they, Tejas Trails puts it on. And they kind of pride themselves as being one of the best smart courses. And they're right. Like, it's two loops for the 100k, one loop for the 50k. We were out there early testing out the course. We knew where all the aid stations were. I still got lost. Um, so I need to redeem myself. I ran an extra two miles. I was still 11th female somehow, but I started off um, chasing this one girl who I'm a super fan girl of. Her name's Lottie. Uh, I just got to see her at Sonoma. But anyways, I could smell her hairspray the first like nine miles. I was catching her. Well. I was slowly falling back, but I was super excited. I think I was in like the top five. And then basically after a couple miles in, it was pretty cold. It got colder. It rained all day. It was windy. It didn't get above 37 degrees. It snowed. It hailed. There were puddles. There was a lot of mud. It was to the point where like every step forward you take in the mud, you kind of went backwards. So I was exhausted, especially with my extra two miles. Uh, but then, of course, it's hailing. I have my hat down. I took the first arrow I saw, which was the wrong arrow. And I ended up doing a loop. And I came back, and the aid station had no idea that this was my second time there. And I was like, hey, guys, can you help me? And so, yeah, I need to redeem myself from that. So I figured maybe do the 100K at some point and do an extra lap <laughs> for fun, <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> but it went it went relatively well for kind of being a super last minute race, but it was a good like get my butt in gear sort of race. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we, we started working together a bit after that. Um, but your season, the the dynamic of the season changed. Your goal focus changed. We had initially talked about possibly doing a hundred miler, um, and potentially being uh, was it Sangre de Cristo, right? Yeah, because it's local. It'd be perfect. Right. Yeah. So we initially talked about that, but then um, Sonoma came into the picture. Um, how did that evolve? That was because my friend Zach Friedley, um, he's an awesome athlete as well, kind of sent me this link. He's like, hey, they open up 50 more entrants for women. I'm like, cool. Maybe I'll just email him and see if I get in. And then I did. I'm like, well, I got in. I have to do the race now. And Morgan wasn't any help. He's like, yeah, it's an awesome race. You should do this race. And then all of a sudden we paid for it. And we're like, what did we just get ourselves into? <laughs> How are we going to get there? It's like 19 hours driving. But luckily flights were cheap and we're like let's just go with it and the whole time I'm still trying to figure out like what my distance is like I raced some 5k's and some 10k's and I'm like they kind of suck you have to run really fast I did a marathon still trying to figure it out so I was like well maybe the longer distance will do me better I don't know we'll see what happens <laughs> uh, and Lake Sonoma is a very storied race um you know historically it's it's one of the 
faster races. You know, it used to be a golden ticket and hopefully it will be again in the future with the way things change for the qualifiers for, for Western. But, um, what did you think about the race prior to the race? Was it something that excited you? Yeah, I had no idea what to expect because it says 50 miles, 10,500 feet of vertical gain. And so I'm just thinking, what is that compared to Colorado? Colorado, you go up and then you go down. And then Sonoma's just rolling. And I was looking at the vert and I'm like, I have no idea how to race this. You run the whole time. <laughs> so that was kind of a good learning curve. And then you, there's a ton of videos out there. So I was kind of learning what the course looked like ahead of time, which I think was pretty helpful. But going into it, I still remember the first two miles. I met this girl named Natalie, and we ended up running 22 miles together. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to race this. Those girls are going out too fast, so I'm just going to pretend I don't see them. <laughs> Not bomb down this hill. It's nice and cool out. Like, I want to run fast, but I don't think it's a good idea. So it was just kind of a learning experience the entire race. Yeah, right on. Well, and leading up to it, obviously, we changed your training around. Um, from being, you know, just go out and run and make sure you get a long run in and do some core. <laughs> what was like the, the biggest change for you? What components did we add that you felt gave you the biggest gains? Well, little did I know running when it's super hot out was really helpful. I just kind of got used to it after a while and I would always complain about how hot out it was, but I know I just kind of started running with nutrition. I'm like, well, one of the biggest things is just training your gut. So every time I just eat gels, and I didn't want them, but I was like, this will be good for me. Just deal with it. And I was practicing a lot with the liquid rock tan. I'm like, just drink it. And I started tricking myself. Like, you get thirsty, so if you're drinking your nutrition, you're just kind of tricking yourself into more calories. It's not going to hurt. So I think that was huge. And then just kind of having that comfortableness running those long runs and those hills and being like I'm just gonna get ready have everything I need and more go out and have fun with it and then just hope for the best <laughs> right yeah and we actually we actually changed too because uh, you did the Audi power of 450k <laughs> um, we forgot to mention that part <laughs> so we went from a huge mountain race which used to be a sky run um, <laughs> And, and then transitioned you to, not that Sonoma's flat, you said 10,500 feet, which is a respectable amount of elevation gain for a 50-mile <laughs> race. But, you know, it's not quite the mountain race that Audi is. So how did you feel between, you know, transitioning from Audi to Lake Sonoma? I was so confused. So they have about <laughs> the same elevation gain, but a 20-mile difference. But right. For Audi, you're just going up a black diamond ski hill, down it, and then up three more, <laughs> back down. So there was a lot of hiking for Audi. And so you get to run downhill, it's less steep because you have longer mileage to do the vert down or the, the decline. So I was just getting used to like hiking the hard parts and running the downhill, which I think was kind of a really good training run for Sonoma. So then if there were too many hills, I was just like, okay, keep my heart rate, make sure I'm not overdoing it. I'm not going to blow up or bonk and just kind of walk the harder parts and then just run the downhills, but not bomb them. So I think it was, it was a really good training run and it kind of taught me how to kind of control my pace a little bit more. Good. And then before that one is kind of why I started working on my digestive system a little more. I did the run through time in Salida, which is a trail marathon, and I got my butt kicked. I ate one gel. I couldn't eat anything else, so I did an entire marathon with one gel. I was dying inside. <laughs> and then I thought it was going to be warm enough and the sun was going to come up, so I show up with short sleeves and shorts, and it's 32 degrees out. By the time I got to mile five, I couldn't feel my fingers and my arms, so that probably didn't help the digestion. And so after that, I somehow came in seventh female. I don't know. Maybe everyone else was hurting that day, too. But I was like, <laughs> the whole time, I'm like, I'm not a runner. I can't do this anymore. So at the end, I'm like, I'm going to get a coach. <laughs> I don't want to feel that awful during a race ever again. So. I, well, I, I remember when we first started, too, and we were talking about nutrition, and you were like, 
you want me to take how many calories per hour? <laughs> and he said, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> and so, yes, it was exactly like you said, training that gut. Cause, um, you know, you came from, like you said, one gel over the course of a marathon to now we're trying to do, you know, 200 plus calories an hour. So we changed a lot with that, but you also, um, when I looked at your training, you really turned a corner after Audi. I think Audi gave you uh, a new piece of fitness that I didn't see prior to it because all of a sudden your pace has dropped. And you were also, you, you're in uh, St. Croix, which even though it was super hot, you know, uh, like you were still, your paces started dropping dramatically. Um, which, you know, again, in Salida, you're 7,000, was it 9,000 feet above you? Is that right? Um, yeah, we're about 7,000. Yeah. And then it goes up. Cause you always, you always have that. Yeah. <laughs> that we <one> have, <laughs> we have the collegiate peaks right there. So we can gotcha. go up to 14,000 and then our main little peak goes up to 9,000 pretty quick. Yeah. So that's what I was referring to the 9,000 foot peak. Cause that's what I always see on training peaks. My <laughs> that little 9, spiral. Yes. Yeah, little <laughs> spiral. <laughs> so, but I mean, even so your pace is like it, it you really did. And it was a well-timed you know, you were like, I want to do this one. And it just so happened to be really well timed for, for Lake Sonoma. Cause again, like when we were doing Audi, um, you know, I don't even think when we were planning for Audi, Lake Sonoma wasn't even in the picture just yet. So, so we were talking about Lake Sonoma and, um, you had already begun to say that, um, you had run, uh, the first 22 miles with, uh, with another woman. Um, was it Abby? Natalie. Natalie, excuse me. And, um, well, let's go, go back to, you know, prior to, prior to that, um, how many people were in the race? I think over 300 were supposed to start. It was kind of hard to track how many actually started though. Did you all start together as a mass start? Yeah. So that was exciting. That was one of the first races that's kind of been doing that this year. Right on. Did they have any kind of uh, COVID restrictions at all? Um, not really. Okay, that's interesting because it's California, so and California has really been one of the strictest. Um, so you know, I would have thought they would have, have had that some kind of restrictions, but um, I mean, that's that's Hopefully cool. That it doesn't trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it you know, <laughs> they, you know, I'm sure they went by the rules of of California, and I'm not suggesting that there is anything wrong with what they did. Um, I was just curious because, like I said, you know, California has always been one of the the stricter states. Um, now, uh, Sonoma, um, it's south of Tahoe, but was there any any like uh, smoke or anything like that? There was a little bit, but not nearly as bad as most places. I think I think they're close enough to the coast that that wind pattern was keeping it away. So nice. good, good. And I'm sure you looked ahead at the the field. Were you able to look at the uh, the entrance list? Oh, it was all over the place. They <laughs> Treeline Journal did a race preview too, and they're like, we have no idea what to expect because it was so many rollovers from COVID, mm-hmm. and then having postponed it from April to September. Like a lot of the girls, I think, had done UTMB or some other big races, and so they didn't come this time around. But right on, gotcha. Um, but that said, who was there? Did you recognize any of the women? Yeah, Keely was there, of course. Nice. She absolutely crushed it. Um, and then Lottie, Lottie was there. I don't know her last name. It with a Z. Um, but she's actually one of Pat Reagan's coaches. And so I was super excited to meet her. She just got picked up by Solomon, too. And then... I recognize someone named Casey, Cassie Scallon, who's a past winner. Um, And I think think she was there. And then some other girls that were in the race preview who I met either at the group run. There was a Sarah Thatcher. I met her during group run. She was in the preview. And then a couple other girls, I found out who they were after when they were on the podium. They were on the preview too. So it was fun. And and you said... (laughs) Yeah, no, that is, that's, that's wonderful. Um, and they, you know, they have a, they did a great job of bringing a, a tremendous women's field, um, just, you know, even numbers wise, having so many females participate, they always do a great job there with, um, with that. So that's, that's great. Um, the, uh, and you had mentioned, um, she's a Solomon athlete as well. Um, 
you know, we'll, we'll talk about your affiliations in a little bit here. So we'll go back to that um, just so people know, but um, I mean, Mercedes does run for, for Solomon. Um, so that, cause we hadn't mentioned that. So I just want to throw that out there, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, so standing on the line, um, what were you, what were you thinking? What were you feeling when you're looking around and I was so excited and it was one of the first races where I knew like a handful of other runners. So it's been super fun going to all these races, recognizing them and then you get back together and it's kind of like that community. You haven't seen a good friend for a long time or you actually get to meet somebody in person. That's been awesome. That was super fun. Nice. Did you go into it with a, um, you know, a nice, attitude a, a positive attitude you always have a positive attitude but by that I mean were you were you super nervous or were you more excited I was super excited I think I have a tendency of getting too much in my head and being too nervous before races and then my heart rate spikes and I get dizzy and I'm just like ugh, what am I doing so one of my big things was make sure I got enough sleep drink enough water beforehand and just kind of look at it as a fun race because I realized like I used to just run to finish and that's when I had the most fun. And then once I started trying to be competitive, I was like, eh, there's all this anxiety. So I kind of tried to channel back the, the fun part and it was a way more enjoyable experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it sometimes. Well, most times <laughs> that's tremendous. So, um, all right. You get into the race. Uh, the day is, as we kind of talked about earlier, it's the temperature is supposed to get pretty hot. Um, how quickly did it get hot? Um, a few hours. So it started at six 30 and it started in the fog. It was really cool. It's like a two mile kind of windy up and down paved road until you hit the trail and it was just super foggy. So the lead women went out and the guys, and I was like, good, I can't see them. They're in the fog. I'm not going to be tempted to chase them. And then there's just some really good rollers. You just want to like book it. You're feeling good. You're excited. You're finally racing. It's cool out. And I'm like, okay, no, don't do that. And that's when I met Natalie. And we're both kind of like, I don't know what to expect. Like, I think, I think I could do well. I don't want to blow up. And so that was kind of my mindset, the majority of the race. And then once we hit the trail, people broke apart pretty quick. It was some solid downhill on the trail. And my biggest thing was just not to blow up my quads because I've done that before on the downhills and then just not go too fast. So I kind of joined a pack of guys. There's some pretty funny photos. Um, we were just with like a big group of the guys and they were pacing pretty well. And then one by one, like someone would go too fast and they disappear. And then another guy would disappear. And me and Natalie were kind of just sticking together the whole time, like picking off these guys. <laughs> so that was super fun. And then once we got to the first aid station, I kind of snuck away, like filled up my rock tan. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then Natalie caught me again. We're like, okay, we're, we got this. We're just going to stick together for a while. And then we found another guy who paced us for quite a few miles. And we were holding a conversation with him and each other a lot, <laughs> like probably the majority of the first 20 some miles. And so it's funny because the guy was just like, wow, you guys are so calm and collected back there. And we're like, yeah, this is great. We're having so much fun. And I think someone told us we were in like sixth and seventh and we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Didn't expect <laughs> that. <laughs> so, and then I think around 10, I noticed she said it was getting hot and I was like, hmm, I don't feel hot yet. So I kept just rolling with it. And then it's about in the middle of the race, you have some hills, but I, they weren't that bad. They were really dusty and exposed. So once it got hot out, they kind of sucked, but I was just kind of, I think I was doing like 840, 830s on the downhills and then just power hiking up, which I'm super appreciative of Audi. I learned to just power hike. And so when we were kind of in that lead pack too, like the guys would do this weird little slow shuffle and so I was experimenting with different muscle groups, kind of like pushing my thighs, just fast hiking. And I was keeping up with them. And I was like, I could pass them doing this, but I won't. And so I kind of did that on the majority of the hills because I was passing runners doing that. And so it seemed to be working. And I think it gave the other muscles a little bit of a, a break. Good. Um, but yeah, it got super hot. I was looking at the Strava because it tells you the temperature 
and it looks like the back half was 90 degrees at least the entire back 24 miles or so it was at least 90 and then they had mentioned to me when I crossed the finish line I'm like skip what are you doing why is it so hot what is this that's the race director um he said there's a heat index of at least 99 so I think it was probably above 100 proportions of the race and going into it I thought you know we'd have a high of 99 or 90 it said 90 for the race is the high and I thought you know maybe one or two it'll be hot for an hour and it'll go back down but no <laughs> that wasn't the case <laughs> and you had a you had a time chart set up um kind of for for helping you um pace um how did that work did were you were you pretty close to it I I didn't bring it <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I don't want to be stressed out by this. Yeah, I was going to laminate it and put it in my pocket. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. that's, that's why we train by effort because you get to learn what you can do and how you feel and, you know, learn what the body has um, on the given day. And it sounds like you did. You and Natalie sound like you were running based on how you felt. And amazingly, for that many miles, you both felt very similar. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Super helpful. Um, definitely nice having someone there, which I think was maybe a downfall towards the end because I was running and I was going through the heat and Morgan had told me that I was like five to seven minutes back from Lottie. And I was like, no way she should be ahead of me. I don't know what's happening. Um, and eventually I caught her, but it was really sad because after the race, someone told me that a girl fell and hit her head and got a concussion. And I was like, no. Is that why Lottie was walking? And so I felt so bad that I wasn't like, what do you need? Like, she was so awesome when I saw her. She was just like, go get it. You're crushing them. And so that was kind of a bummer. And the whole time I was thinking how, like, it would be nice to run with someone. Like, I saw her and I'm like, oh, yes, we can run the rest of the race together. But I think she ended up dropping and going to the emergency room. And they did figure out that she had a concussion. Um, and so then... I kept going and slowly picking off guys. I ran with another friend of ours, Kieran, for a while who blew up. See, he got sixth or seventh at Pikes Peaks Marathon like two, three weeks ago. And so I think at that point, I also had the heat catching up with me and was feeling super nauseous. And so I was like kind of using those two things as an excuse to walk more than I should have maybe. Um, but eventually I took off and I just kept slowly but surely picking off a couple of guys here and there um, <laughs> but yeah it, it was interesting that he just did not get any better yeah did you change anything as it got hotter is there anything you did differently yeah so I don't I don't remember where I heard this from but someone had the idea to put ice in your packs I wore a Solomon vest and halfway through the race, I was debating like if it was just going to make me sweat more and I should drop it and do handhelds. But then I tried putting ice and cold water in the back and it actually stayed cold for a long time. And it might have been super annoying, like sloshing to people, but I felt amazing. <laughs> so I think that helped temperature regulation a lot. Good. good. And then at mile 25, it was the no name flats aid station. Goo was up there and they had these frozen liquid gels. And so I put one under my hat. And then once it was like defrosted a little and I was cooler, I could just eat it. So that was fun. You can pick the cold ones in your pockets and that's huge too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the bladder, do you flip it upside down and, and suck the air out? I didn't even have a bladder. I just put oh. it straight into the pack. Oh, straight into the pack. I got you. Got you. So it was okay. like slowly, like where the bladder would have went is I where you. I put it. Yep. And it was just kind of like slowly leaking and great <laughs> very good very good so they had plenty of ice at the aid stations yeah i think they roughly had enough for 10 pounds per runner is what they said wow so That's i definitely yeah. took advantage of that <laughs> so yeah it's three thousand pounds of ice <laughs> that's a lot of ice um okay so that was my race director brain going i was like oh my gosh that's <laughs> that's a lot of <laughs> oh my god yeah the budget just be nice <laughs> Um, I can't imagine Western States, but, um, <laughs> so did that help though? Did you feel like you kept yeah. your temperature lower by using the ice and such? I think it was huge. And I was definitely keeping an eye on my heart rate, just more so to kind of 
alleviate my thoughts. So like, oh, I'm walking on this hill, right? My heart rate reflects that I want to walk right now. (laughs) So I wasn't kind of solely relying on it, but then looking back at it, I think my heart rate was too low. I think I used it as a crutch and I should have went a lot harder on those last 12 miles. Well, and you know, it's, it's always a learning experience, you know, um, you know, 50 miles is, it's more of an unfamiliar distance to you. You don't have as much experience with it. So, but I thought it was a, you know, well, and we'll say how tremendous the race was, but, um, you know, you, you did great for a, the conditions B the lack of experience, um, and C for the competition that was there. So, you know, I think that you, you, you had a great race. Um, so, um, how did you feel in the last, like, you know, five to 10 miles? How was that going? <laughs> they were awful. Were they? <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't see any people. Like I passed, I think two guys and I was just like, yeah, there's probably like 30 guys in front of me. It's just another guy. <laughs> and then I was just like in no man's land. Like I didn't see another woman for like, I don't know, 10, five miles or something like that. And then it was just baking and I kept thinking that I was closer to the last aid station than I was but so I think it was the warm springs aid station there's 12 miles left of the race after that and I thought I had more gels than I did and I didn't so then a couple miles later I was relying on the roctane from them but the roctane was so watered down I wasn't getting enough nutrients and I think it messed with my stomach so I was just having like awful cramping trying not to throw up because it's like, I need all these nutrients inside of me because I didn't grab any more gels. Yeah. I can't puke. And I think a lot of people threw up in that race, but I eventually made it to the last aid station, which was at 4.6. And after that, it was just hot and grueling and you finish on a huge climb. It's maybe four or 500 feet. And I was just walking way more than I wanted to on the flats as well. Cause it was so hot. It's just a super exposed part. It's like 2 3 o'clock PM. It was at least a hundred degrees. And then the sun's like baking off of these rocks, just reflecting at you. And it was so hot. And I just felt like I was never going to finish. <laughs> it was the longest four and a half miles of my life. And I was super excited once I did find the finish. <laughs> did they tell you where you were at that last aid station place-wise? Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. So they told me I was in fourth place and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I thought I was in fifth place. And then what happened was I think second place missed the turnoff. So how it works is you can skip the Island Springs aid station on the way out because the course is basically an out and back. But on the way in, it's a crucial checkpoint. It adds like 0.4 miles to the race. And you have to, it's said in bold, like you need to go to this aid station and check in or you will get a DNF. And so I, apparently she was delirious, which I think we're all a little, a little bit at that point, but the flagging, it was like pink and black flagging on the flag. And I remember looking up being like, why is this in the middle of the trail? What does this mean? But I was hunting down that aid station. I knew it was there. So I, I found the little turnoff. And so I think she'd missed the turnoff. I think what they had done was missed her because so, she never went in that aid station. So I was off one. I ended up in fifth. I think they deducted like 15 minutes from her time and put her in third. So that was kind of a bummer. And I was like, yes, I'm fourth. And they're like, mm, you're fifth. So, uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know. That's that's their decision. But it, it, from what you just said, it sounds like she should have been DNF'd. I mean, you know, it stinks that, you know, she ran 50 miles or just short of it. But, you know, according to the rules, you know, I mean, this goes back to yeah. like, a lot of things. But anyhow, that's here nor there. Um, as you said, you got fifth, <laughs> which is and I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, that is tremendous. And not only fifth, but what place overall? 13th. 13th place overall, which is tremendous. You know, eight guys. Uh, and five women or well four women so that's tremendous that's a wonderful finish um i was so excited uh you know i'd been texting <laughs> morgan for updates and you know um he texted me saying she should be in any time now and it wasn't soon thereafter that you know he texted me so that was that was so exciting um so you got the finish um i you know i can't imagine what what cloud you were on but <laughs> <laughs> uh, um 
you know, just talk about that experience. What was the finish like? Uh, not, you know, not only your personal finish, but what was the atmosphere like? Um, you know, it was because, pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, coming back from COVID, like I wasn't sure what to expect. Like, are people allowed to actually be at the finish? But it was fun. There were cowbells. Cowbells are always fun. Um, <laughs> I just remember seeing Morgan around that last curve and he's like I am so proud of you and I'm like I'm so excited to be done running <laughs> and so like I think the worst part is I kicked it in and I like sprinted to the finish well at least I felt like I was sprinting I ran fast and then I was like oh no I can still run fast like that means I have more gas in the tank and so it just leaves you being like oh I could have done all these things different I could have ran faster and so I think it was a super good learning experience yeah. but across the finish line and our friends from goo were there i hugged them first <laughs> like over there with the video camera so i'm like where are you <laughs> give him a big hug and then skip the race director comes over and gives me a huge hug and like dosses me with cold water so that was that was really nice and appreciated for sure <laughs> but yes uh, super you, fun you owe me a race report <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> We, well, yeah. I mean, you have all these ideas, right? And those are things you need to write down and remember. So it's good to reflect. You've had time to reflect. So it's a good thing to kind of write those things down. Um, so um, I'll make sure I, I send you that race report so you can fill that out because it's for you too, not just for me. Um, yeah. And um, for those that um, are familiar with my hard rock finish, um, Mercedes was in uh, one of the first uh, pieces of the uh, the finish um, segment. Uh, Morgan is actually finishing. You can hear Morgan <laughs> yelling in the background and, and Mercedes is, is cheering me in. Um, so the Mercedes was on my crew for hard rock, uh, which, you know, I've already talked to great lengths at, at how appreciative I was to have you and, and all, of, all of my crew out there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, I can, I can feel what you sensed or what you felt coming into that finish with that excitement. Um, you know, in my, in hard rock, I felt that, you know, that same way, thank God it's here. There's that rock, <laughs> you know, there's the finish line. So yeah, no, that's tremendous. And just like you said, having, you know, a non COVID finish, it just, it, it, did. it felt, felt normalized, you know, um, to have, have that, that group again. Um, did you guys hang around for a while? Yeah. Um, I had a bellyache. So I laid down on my belly for a while <laughs> and I felt so bad. Like I wanted to talk to everyone and see how their races went. And I'm just like laying on my belly, like, Hey guys, <laughs> I have a belly ache. <laughs> like I was so flustered. Like my knees didn't hurt or something. It was just like, my, my belly hurts. So, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, we hung out for a few hours. I think Morgan and I have a tendency of lingering um, after races, but we're just looking at it as being supportive and having fun. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. other people won't see it that way, but it was such a fun course. We wanted to see people come in because, because it's an out and back. I passed the majority of people on the course at some point, mm -hmm. whether they were at mile like 16 or 25 and there's just a small loop. So I got to say hello and like, good job. Keep it up to almost every runner on the course. So like, you're kind of building that relationship and you want to see them finish. And yeah. so it was yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, how was it? Um, you know, I, I, I recently read a post and I don't want to make any negative light of the post, but, um, and, and maybe I should, but, um, you know, a, a woman had posted that she had passed a man and he made some kind of negative comment, like, Oh, I guess I should start running now or something, you know, stupid like that. Um, how was it for you? Were, did you feel like everybody was very encouraging? Did you run any into anything, you know, negative like that? Um, no. Oh, good. Everyone was <laughs> That's what awesome. I was hoping you would say. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, good. like, I remember passing so many guys on the out and back, and they're like, wow, like, the women are crushing it today. Good. And it's like, yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> That's um, the way it should be. Good. And then on the back half, like, I saw some guys, and they were just like, wow like they were so supportive they're like go get it like I'm I'm walking keep going so that was kind of a fun dynamic good good I I'm very relieved <laughs> to hear that, <laughs> that my sex behaved themselves <laughs> yeah if I heard something like that I'd be like then come chase me why don't you like, let's go. good for you 
Good for you. Yeah, I'm, I have a comment prepared. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, so let's go back to um, you had, you know, you initially talked about um, you, you're running for Solomon. Um, and what does that entail? What is um, what does that look like? So I'm on their ambassador pro squad. So I think they have like four levels. They have their athletes and then they have their pro squad. I think they pick like 20 from the U.S. and then they have ambassadors and then like fan clubs. So I'm in like Excuse me. the pro ambassadors. Um, other than that, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I'm not like fully sponsored or supported or anything like that, you know, got a dream big, but it's been a huge step having a brand that kind of is supportive and does all these big races. So that's been awesome for sure. And I love their shoes. So that helps. Yes, that does help. <laughs> it does help. Solomon does do a lot for the sport. Um, do, do you mind talking about, do you have any a type of obligations? Is there, is there anything they expect of you in return? I think they kind of just want you to be there and like be present in the running community. I think these days, a lot of it has to do with social media. So they're hoping that you're kind of like a face to the brand. Mm -hmm. And then if people have questions, you're there to answer them. Um, kind of just having that like, that sense of community for the running group. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm still figuring it out as we go. I think social media has kind of been the new way of marketing for companies. And so I think they like handpick people that they think represent what they believe in. And so Solomon's belief is time to play, like get outside, get outdoors, enjoy the mountains. And I feel like my lifestyle kind of supports that. So it works out really well because I love their products and I love trail running and I love the community. And so it's, it's a pretty mutualistic relationship um, on my side. Hopefully yep. there's two. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is a match, you know, that's, that's great. Um, there, you know, there's, there's other brands out there where, you know, I kind of wonder why people, feel then they need to you know be a part of it because it's i don't know it seems like the brand is asking more than what they're giving um especially of their people so and i've definitely noticed that uh just being on instagram every day you get either like hey do you want my coffee shaker or something you get so much spam and everyone has an ambassador program so to find the companies that actually mean it and are providing you something for what you're providing them is really hard to find. And once you do find it, it's like, don't let go. Yeah. Um, but making yeah. sure that you're looking into the companies and they're not just using you for your pictures and your posts and you're not selling your soul for a company that just sees you as a number. I think that's hard to find. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely, um, and I talked about this on a previous podcast, how it's just evolved to, kind of a marketing machine like you were talking about you know like when i ran for sportiva and innovate like there was nothing we didn't have social media you know like there wasn't like you know and then like it evolved and you know when i was running for hoka it was like we want to see this many posts and and you know it's just like i you know like i mean i'm not a hashtagger <laughs> if anybody <laughs> looks at, at my my post there is hardly ever a hashtag on there and there's hardly ever a picture of me because i hate have pictures of me so, you know, it's, it's always my dog or the scenery or something, but, you know, and it, it's, it, it is, it's, it's for certain people, right? Like, you know, there are certain people that are very comfortable with that and very comfortable with social media. I, I was a different generation. So that's, that's not, you know, that's not my prerogative, but I mean, you know, for yourself, like you're a social media, you're, you've got a great personality for it and you do some fun stuff with it. So like, if people aren't following you, what's, uh, what's your, your account? Yeah, I'm at Science Sadie. So Science, S-C-I-E-N-C-E-C-E-D-E-S, -E -E Science Sadies. I never spell it out loud. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I try to be funny and motivating. And so I, I don't know if I come off as funny or if people get my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I get them. So, <laughs> I will put that in the show notes. So, you know, if people want to follow you um, or reach out to you and ask questions, um, you know, like, like you, you talked about with the Solomon program, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that would love to learn more about that type of things and how can they be involved? Um, because it is, it's nice to be a part of the community, 
you know, and, and be a part of, uh, especially a brand that really, you know, represents the sport very well. And I think Solomon does, like I said, such a wonderful yeah. job with that. So, um, Definitely. I also have to give a shout out to Goo Energy Labs. My friend Celia works for them. She's our, our marketing person and I'm on the Salty squad and they're also awesome. Um, they help fuel my adventures because ultra running, I eat a lot and I couldn't afford it without them. So <laughs> that's been awesome. Um, yeah. And it's, it's family owned. They support, they supported Lake Sonoma too. So it was cool having like my two main sponsoring people at that well, race. You know, uh, Coach's birthday is coming up. So, you know, if, if you want to talk to you <laughs> and see if they have any of the, uh, the liquid lemonade gels, you know, you can tell them to send them my way. <laughs> That's fine. We just snag some of those. Oh, but <laughs> one thing you're going to love, and I think you should share this with the world um, I can't take credit for it. It was Keely's idea, okay. um, but she has like the reusable flask yeah. and you can fill it up with liquid gels. Nice. So she just put three in there, smashed it. And like, she's got 300 calories. She's good to go. That's awesome. Um, and then Celia with goo mentioned that you can put on like a hydro pack or a Solomon nozzle. So you don't get it all over your face. That, that's so. beautiful. <laughs> I've yet to try it. So <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Great, great pro tip right there. <laughs> awesome um anything else that we'd be remiss if we left out um a crew crew is super important so i'm super appreciative for morgan being out there handling me bottles and the hardest parts like getting them back in the vest um just being at the aid stations and seeing smiling faces like his was awesome to get me through the heat and to that next aid station so yeah. And for your coaching, it's been huge. Um, without you, who knows, I'd probably still be like wandering around the mountains somewhere and <laughs> not any faster. <laughs> so I'm super appreciative of all you guys being there and all the support. So awesome. Thank you, Mercedes. Thank you for your time. Congratulations. Once again, that was phenomenal. So proud of you. And, you. uh, <laughs> what's the next adventure? I don't know. We got some <laughs> ideas. We're all right. Yeah, we'll talk more then. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mercedes. But, yeah, thank you so much. Well, congratulations to Mercedes once again. A fifth place female finish and 13th place overall finish is just outstanding. I was so psyched for her. Um, very excited by her. I uh, want to wish uh, good luck to Morgan Elliott, who is racing this weekend at the Run Rabbit 100 miler. Um, a bunch of my athletes will be lining up here pretty soon. The fall races are upon us, and it is extremely exciting. I only mentioned Morgan because uh, obviously he'll be listening to this podcast <laughs> due to his proximity to, uh, to Mercedes. But um, good luck to everyone, not only my athletes, but to all of you who are lining up in the next few weeks. Um, and I want to thank those of you that reached out to volunteer or tried to volunteer with me at the um, Georgia Jewel 100 miler. I look forward to uh, that aid station this weekend. If you are running Georgia Jewel, I will be at the Snake Creek aid station. Not that I expect you to remember that if you're racing, but uh, please say hello if you go by. Um, I will be there both Friday and Saturday, um, volunteering at that aid station. We've got a great crew out there. Should be a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing folks out there. Um, and, and, you know, being a part of the race to this capacity, uh, it's, it's really a joy to be able to volunteer and captain an aid station. So thank you for that opportunity, Franklin and Jenny Baker. You guys are phenomenal. Do an amazing job with your race. So good luck to all of those lining up there this weekend. Can't wait to share in your experiences. Um, Aside from that, man, like I said, a million people are racing this fall. Um, I should have some spots coming open open for coaching. So if you are looking for coaching uh, for you know perhaps uh, twenty twenty two you have a goal event that you want to talk about, let's do that. Let's start with talking about, we were just uh, reviewing the book, Start With Why. I think it's a fantastic book and it's a fantastic question. Let's start with why. Let's talk about why you want to run that race. Um, talk about your ideas, your goals, and let's make sure that your why for coaching is right. You know, Am I a right fit for you? Uh, great conversation to have, especially at this time of year where we're wrapping up. Make sure you get through your goal race first. I want you to concentrate on that. And then afterwards, if you want to have a conversation, feel free to reach out. My contact is through my website, mrrunningpains.com. All my information is on there. Contact um, old podcasts are on there. Newsletters are on there. And um, I, I am still working on the September newsletter. It has been crazy here with the uh, cross-country coaching and, and all my kids' activities. So my 
time has been stretched thin, but I still plan on getting that out here. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed, please do so on my website, mrrunningpains.com. You can subscribe there. Um, if you want to support at the Patreon level, if you feel you can financially support the podcast, greatly appreciate it. The Patreon link is also on there. There also is a link to my website and the Patreon in the show notes. I sincerely appreciate all those that do support me in this podcast and all my ventures through the, my YouTube channel, through the newsletter. It helps me keep doing all of these things. Uh, I, you know, Obviously, they take time and resources, and I appreciate that support. It means more than I can say. Uh, you know, other things coming up two weeks till the naturalist. Um, I am so looking forward to racing the naturalist. Uh, I've signed up for this race so many times. It is a 50 K in Western North Carolina, uh, goes up Wyabald, which is right on the AT. So excited to see some new trails, meet some new folks and see some old friends. I know a lot of people are going to be lining up at the Stump Jump 50K in Chattanooga. I wish them great luck. That looks like it's going to be such an awesome race with a great field. So, uh, And they've changed the course. So I hope that everybody just has a great time out there at the Chattanooga uh, 50K. I know the Yeti 100 miler is coming up as well. Uh, I've got a ton of athletes that are racing that. So those racing Yeti, good luck to all of you. I think that's phenomenal. I uh, hope you guys have a great time. Um, and, uh, man, there's so many things coming up. No business. 100 is also coming up. I've got a slew of athletes that are going to be out there. Uh, and uh, good luck to you. If you guys are going out to no business as well as uh, rim to river, I know that's coming up. So man, busy fall, really cool here on the East coast. We are just cranking along. So man, great stuff. Awesome. I can't wait to see how everybody does. And I hope you are doing well and enjoying your running. I know this weather has changed for us in Western North Carolina. I hope wherever you are listening to this, that you are safe and uh, sound. I know that out West, the the fires have been ravaging and bad and COVID numbers have been going up. So uh, please stay safe. Keep, uh, Keep running, my friends. And I look forward to talking to you next time on the MR Running Pains podcast.